Welcome to the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast. And welcome back, everybody. Episode 27, Bill has returned from vacation. He will be joining uh, us when he's not quite so busy. How was your week, uh, James? Oh, man, it was a lot of fun finding emails and secret documents and getting information from other sources was a lot of fun this week. Mail volume was moderate this week, a little bit heavier than it was last week. So I was appreciative of that for my Rex count. Then hearing management complaining about Rex numbers and carriers and me having to stand there and explain to my supervisor why the numbers are the way they are now instead of the way they were before the Rex count. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> but other yeah. than that, it's been, been a pretty good, quiet week for me overall. Gosh, how was your week? My week was pretty good. The young lady that's been out for a couple months now um, was supposed to be back yesterday. And then when she wasn't there, at least we were told she was going to be back yesterday. And then when she didn't show up, we find out that her doctor that needs to clear her is on vacation through this week. So, at least one more week, if not longer, till she comes back. But they've actually had an RCA holding that route. So, I haven't been asked, bullied by my cohort, my cohorts to take small sections or run parcels for one small section in a couple of weeks. So that's a beautiful thing. I had we a fairly easy week this week, though. I uh, I was off Monday and Tuesday, as you know, guys know from last week's episode. I attended my pre-convention state board meeting as an observer. I worked one day, then I had my annual training, and then I worked my ox route. Then I ran a double yesterday. So that was pretty much my uh, my week. So, yeah, it's fairly easy. Mike's not quite joining with us yet, so we'll catch up with him when he gets here. So I've been privy to some information from upper management that was sent down to lower management, district representatives, and all the way down to local postmasters. And this email that these emails that I saw were talking about the Rex evaluations and the steps that they're taking to ensure that carriers are being quote unquote accurate with their scans of which they've never trained us on. So the email talks about how they've established this baseline by analyzing the eight weeks prior to the mini mail survey. So the entire time we were being told 
oh, you only need to do the six scans. We're only worried about the six scans. Don't worry about the rest of them. Well, now, because you weren't worried about the rest of them and you didn't do them prior to the mini mail survey before you found out that your route was being extremely gutted due to the mini mail survey and, and the RECS 52 weeks, now people are inputting information into the scanner. There are a lot of carriers that are inputting the right information thanks to listening to our episode on activity scans. You can find that in our podcast histories. So be sure to go back and listen to those. Make sure you're doing your scans the proper way. And they said that a variation of 150% more than the baseline. So if you have zero in the scan column and all of a sudden you have three in the scan column, you're flagged. So if you had you had no box holders, but you get four of them every week, you're flagged because now you're putting in four box holders for the week. And so they're flagging you for that. Your management's getting going to be getting emails from their management saying, hey, this route now has four box holders where they never had any before the mini mail survey. So now you're, you're getting talked to because of that. You think you're in the wrong when you're actually not. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? I think if that's happening, people need to be contacting their district representatives. We'll start with your local designated union rep and work your way up the chain. That would be the best way to do it first. And if you're a district rep listening to this, you should be letting your local stewards know about this going around. So that way they can be prepared for it. And if you're a national representative listening to this, you ought to let your DRs know about it so they can let the ADRs and the area stewards tell the local stewards. Exactly, because this is gonna this is gonna be a never ending process. And we need to we need to be ahead of them on this and be doing the right thing. You know, there there's gonna so, be a few carriers that are gonna try to milk the system and I'm not saying they are doing it or not, but everything you do, you should be able to say, yeah, I had that that day. Do you have proof? Do you have proof that I didn't? So are you telling me that for the two years prior to this mini mail survey, where I kept harping to people to do the six plus everything else, certified to the doors and every the package pickups and of course, the prior year, which they took the information from, from 2022 to 2023, didn't really matter because they set the baselines on eight weeks prior. Is that what yeah. you're trying to tell me? That's what I'm telling you is they're basing everything eight weeks prior for inputs because they figured within the eight weeks prior, most carriers got the information. Because they, so whether, it, whether, you know, even though I asked the uh, regional ops manager, as to why the postmasters and district reps weren't trained on RECs. And his answer was, well, they don't, they choose not to attend or they ignore the Zoom trainings. And he wasn't willing to make it mandatory. Apparently, everybody was supposed to know all the scans by, by eight weeks prior to the mini mail survey. So if you have an office that has one or two WSS entries on a day, but two, two routes pop up, up because they have 11 to 14 that would red flag it right yes if if they had zero if they had zero 
for the eight weeks prior, and then they started inputting them, even those routes that only have two a day would get red flagged. Yeah, because two would put you over 150%. Exactly. So everybody in that office would be red flagged. Yeah. So I mean, if you're getting I, I hate to, to. Yeah, if you're getting talked to about this, you definitely need to talk to your designated union rep for sure. No, it, it's one thing. They're looking at the, the amount that's going above and beyond or what they think is going above and beyond. But why aren't they also looking at the ones that have all zeros? Because that that's benefits the post office. Because that benefits the post office. If they have all zeros mm. across the board and the only thing they do is clock in, start load, end load within five seconds, then depart to route, return from route, and five seconds later they clock out, the post office is perfectly happy. Ah, yes, the one going around is if a package fits in the mailbox, it's not an unscannable parcel. Only oh. unscannable parcels are shoebox or bigger size with no barcode or ill illegible. 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 Oh. Sorry, I can't talk for a moment. Barcodes it, does not fit in the mailbox with it other mail. It's got to be a shoebox size? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't fit in the mailbox. Oh, hold we... on. I, I thought a parcel was was designed to be something that wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to case. So according did, did they to the, change did they change that? So according to the PO six oh three, a parcel is any rigid article that exceeds any one of the following dimensions. Now notice it says rigid, so that includes do not bend articles. Any one of these dimensions, any one. So five inches in height, 18 inches in length, and one nine sixteenths inches in width. So anything that is taller than five inches, letter envelope height, anything that is longer than 18 inches, in length, which is longer than most flats, and one and nine sixteenths in width, which is basically one and three quarter inches in width, but they had to put nine sixteenths because apparently they like larger numbers. Um, anything beyond that would exceed the measurements. So the thing you want to look for is rigid article in any one of those dimensions, and it is a parcel. The other argument is, if it's in your parcel hamper, it is a parcel. That's been that way since the previous counts. If it's in your parcel, in your parcel hamper, it counts as a parcel. There are some exceptions to that, though. Yeah, unfortunately. But that would be the argument that I would have about it, because I was always told if it's in your hamper, it's a parcel. We, we we had that one debunked in our district and still haven't gotten it in writing, though. Basically, management's making it up as we go. And that shoebox thing? That's a city carrier term. That's yeah, city carrier term. Spur is a city carrier term as well. And spur, yeah, spur. That's what it is. This is a spur. 
and that's the the dimensions for a spur is shoebox size. Mm -hmm. And we don't deal in spurs. So, so, so that eighteen inch rule would that mean that I still need my little blue roar? <laughs> the interesting thing is, is they say we don't need the little blue ruler, but you, you know what? I think the little blue ruler is going to be more important now than it was with the original count. For that instance, alone. I got mine. I'll tell you what: when I have box holders, I you pull out my blue ruler, especially if it looks oversized. Yep, and and, and then also, and I've caught a couple that couple of the larger postcards. You know that I get EDDMs that measure taller than to make it a flat. Yep. And remember, it's rigid articles, so you can't take those bendable um, cards like the furniture advertisements that we get are are oversized, but they're still a parcel because they are not rigid. Uh, you mean what? Are flat because they're not rigid. Yeah, they're not a parcel because they're not rigid, so they would be a flat. So, but yeah, the big thing is is and anything management wants to talk to you about that, make sure you talk with your designated union representative about it because they're going to be cracking down on this even worse than clocking in early. We're still in we're still in a fight over that one. But they're going to be on this like like crap on stink because they um they want to cut people's people's pay. Upper management doesn't look at it as carriers doing actual work. They look at it as how low can we get our payroll in upper management. And uh, that's an unfortunate fact. And, and I think they're driving this really hard because of table one. Uh, anybody in that table area uh, are probably eligible for retirement. So if, if we piss them off or aggravate them to the point that they retire, we reduce our costs dramatically. And when, when they do that, then nobody's going to hire in either. And they're going to be even more screwed. And then we're going to eventually have to turn around and have regular carriers working, unfortunately, like city carriers. Oh, well, you're going to take this route, and you're going to take a, a a piece off of this route, and and do that one too, and you're going to get your twelve hours in today. Mm-hmm. That's the last one you want to go to is hourly. I mean, I've seen a lot of people. Why they want to just pay us hourly? That. Oh yeah, they still are. And honestly, people, you don't want to be go hourly. It's just. I have city carrier friends who wish they were on a system like ours. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always grass is greener on the other side. There's benefits. I have city carriers. Benefits and drawbacks to both. I guess city carriers making almost two hundred thousand, but you know they have no life. Yeah, and they're doing a bunch of pivots. They're doing routes yes, they've sir. never done before. They're doing mail houses they've never done before. They don't know if there's dogs there or, or people they don't know, you know, things like that. So at least on the rural side, unless you're a sub that is being thrown on every single route in the office that you don't know, um, 
your regular carriers, you're not going to have to deal with that unless you volunteer to. That's only through the, the end of the MOU. And through the end of the MOU, unless they choose to extend it again. And honestly, I really hope they don't. Yeah, because in our next contract talks, they'll probably want to put that in as a standard in the contract because we've signed so many MOUs for it. But we shall yeah, see. And we can only we can only speculate, and and we cannot say whether it's fact or fiction. Is is it me? Am I paranoid, or is it? Just a coincidence, the MOU ends after the National Convention? That does, doesn't it? September 1st. Well, we I like, mean... We'd like to call that a quinky dink. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that also just before the next mini-mail survey? Yes, it oh! is. It actually yes, is. Yes, it yeah, because the survey, I think, is what, the last two weeks of September? Something like that. They haven't released actual dates yet, but yeah. Yeah, something like that. The middle or end of September. It usually um, is. I, I'm going to assume that it'll be in that well, ballpark since it more than likely. The special the... count was always the last 12 working days of September. So yeah, that if way they things suit with that. It, that's when it'll be. However, because um, they want it to go into a, they potentially want it to go into effect the first day of the new guarantee period, the new guarantee year. That's what I was just gonna say. And yeah, so that's what Bill was just saying about he has some city carrier friends that are. Clearing two hundred thousand a year with the overtime they're making daily. That's great. Uh, would be nice to have that now, but I'll keep my evaluation with my base salary over forty hours, and take that in my take that as part of my retirement. Personally, yep. I'd rather that. I'd rather have it then when I need it than now. Yep. Well, like you were mentioning earlier about the parameters, you know, established the eight weeks prior to the mini-mail survey. It, it, during the mini-mail survey, we had a uh, carrier flag for excessive DPS errors. And the supervisor wanted to change the number according to a rural carrier specialist on payroll for the post office. And I said, no, you can't do that because of the fact that these numbers are already entered. You're making an adjustment based on a level of acceptable errors that have been established by the post office. You can have days where you have over the, uh, uh, the normal amount or under the normal amount. It's just like your evaluation. Sometimes you're over, sometimes you're uh, under. But it's, an, it's not a per day thing. So, you know, they had a, a, a basically a shit fit about it. And I said, no, if you're, you're changing them, you're falsifying numbers. And they, they came up with a number. And I said, so now we know the established parameter that they'll accept. And they said, yeah. And I, and I said, okay, well, do you want everybody to put that number in every day? And they said, no. And I said, well, then let's leave his numbers alone. 
because yeah, basically they were they were trying to rig it. You can't have an average where the top number is the number you want to be the average. Right. But as as we do evaluation over the course of a week, not over two or three days, you, your numbers for your DPM errors should also be an average over a week. Yeah, you could have 101 days, 30 the next, 200 the next, and 20 the next, and it averages out to about 110 pieces. There you go. It's not rocket science, folks. They try to make it that way. Well, I mean, have, you seen, have, you seen, have you seen the calculations for the 4241A? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out when I delivered a postage due foreign COD with a money order application. I haven't seen them in nine, ten years, but yeah. I got I got credit for them. Well, that's all I'm that trying, counts. I'm I'm trying to figure out why the uh, the uh, comprehensive uh, results of the uh, Rex system documentation that the union got from the post office is more redacted than the information on an SR seventy one Blackbird. Let's not forget, too, that upper management's also coming down on people using trips to the door, too. I'm sorry, but if it takes me three trips from the truck to the door to deliver three cases of paper towel, I'm putting three trips to the door in. And it's or, or dog food or kitty litter or one of the customers that I've delivered to. I've delivered lead shot for their, uh, their manual... Uh, uh, Reload. Freedom. Their manual freedom fillers. <laughs> I delivered. <laughs> I had. I had two mattresses and another large box to, a couple weeks ago to a door. I can't carry more than one mattress in, at a time. Come on now. Of course, that was three trips. Why not? not that, uh, or, or when I had to stack them up on your pinky. Or that yeah, one house, that yeah. I, the one house that I delivered to that I had two packages from Amazon plus cremated remains. I delivered the cremated remains first out of respect, then went back, grabbed their their Amazon packages and delivered them to them. That's two trips. Whether management likes mm -hmm. it or not, I'm not going to carry Amazon boxes either below or above a cremated remains. Well, they deserve respect. They deserve Thanks. respect. I'm yep. sorry. Exactly. Proper handling why they, care on that one. That's why they ride up front with me the whole way, the entire route. If I if they're at the end of the route, they're riding the entire route up front with me on my shelf looking out the front window. I'm sorry. They deserve that respect. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Do you ask them how their day is? Have a conversation <laughs> with them, yeah. Hey, they're not going to tell anybody, so you know. And I've actually had better conversations with them than I have other people in the postal service. Right. Yeah, right. Well, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had great oh, conversations with I'm, people in the postal service, too, so I can't complain too much. I'm respectfully being uh, reserved on this matter because I could go so many different ways on that one. <laughs> and we do appreciate that. Thoroughly.
You know, and this point I'm was so brought mean. up that management could be considering the weight of the packages total, not the two or more different box dimensions. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. If a box, I, I have short arms, and there's only so much I can carry at once. Yep. And I mean, just yesterday, I had a package. I mean, it wasn't a very huge box, but it was super heavy. And when you have to lift it off of the floor uh, into the cart, from the cart into the truck, even if I had used a dolly, I would still have to lift it off the ground into the truck. It was enough that I had enough strain to where, luckily, it's loosened up, feels better, but I could hardly breathe or move my arms afterwards. It was right up through my ribs area. It's not the first times it happened. But, you know, it's, you got to use care. And like I said, yeah, well, you, you also might want to consider a uh, bigger bra. <laughs> yeah, they want you to carry all, all 17 packages to the door in one trip, no matter whether it's stacked 17 feet high or not. You know, you it doesn't matter if it obstructs your view and you trip over something and then it's your fault because you weren't wearing green tag shoes, even though you're a rural carrier. And then even that was, you know, you sometimes have these boxes, these abnormally large boxes with something heavy in it, and it's not in the box correctly, or it shifts. Whatever's in there wants to shift back and forth on you. How are you going to carry more than one at a time? Don't forget the awkward Timu packages that, are, that look like they were wrapped by a dad in a hurry at Christmas time. <laughs> I was just with what, the duct tape. what you were just saying, Kristen. Mm -hmm. That brings me to like with team lift. Team lift doesn't necessarily mean heavy. Oh. It's just awkward. awkward. Like if it has, if it's a little bit longer and it has a shifting, a piece that shifts or slides in there, which will change the distribution of weight, that potentially could be. A team lift package. I wanted to share this with everybody because when we started this, and uh, you know, our our main goal, for those of you out there that aren't quite sure, was to get people active within the union. We have a lot of those keyboard warriors that want to talk a lot of stuff, but they don't want to do anything to attempt to change anything, and. Well, that was our main goal. You know, I, a lot of us are just want change. You got to be active. You got to have, you, you got to voice yourself. Whether that means you're running for your local or going to be a delegate at your state convention, going to your local meetings, uh, you know, all, all that stuff, you know, running for a delegate for national convention running for office for state, national, local boards, you know, it, it, all that can make a difference in one way or another. And we have had several people reach out to us to let us know that because of all of us, you know, they're running for their locals instead of getting out of the union. Uh, many people, you know, you got all these people there, how do I get out? How do I get out? And then you all these, then you have, we've had quite a few come to us say, you know, I was going to get out but I decided to go the other direction 
and I'm running to be my local or I'm going to my state meetings now or I'm a first time delegate at my state convention. That to us, it was our main goal. It's not necessarily you know, what people think it may be. <laughs> I'm trying to put it in terms that's not going to flag the people who may be listening. Hi, guys. Um, it's, making, it's to get making, people active. Yeah, we're making a concerted effort to strengthen the bond between rural carriers here. That's the biggest thing that we're trying to do is is bring people together to follow a common theme, which is to build up the rural craft. Dues paying, non-dues paying, it doesn't matter. We want you guys to be more involved in everyday life as a rural carrier. You know, and, and also, you know, the more people that are active and the more people that are stepping up, I mean, that's potentially the next generation that could be seated at those boards. That's, you know, people are going to be aging out and retiring or, you know, worse. I don't want to, you know, say that, but, you know, things happen and there's got to be people that are willing to step up and take on those roles. And being active is the number one way to decide if those people that are willing to step up are worthy of those positions or are you yourself thinking that maybe, Hey, I, you know, maybe I'll try and go for that. You know, it's, to, you can't. And Kristen, let, let me add in here. Uh, can I add in here now? Right <laughs> yeah. You were talking about, you know, getting involved with the locals, the state and, and, you know, regional and national. But the, the, the first thing we're trying to do is get you to step up in your office. Protect yourself. Protect others. Challenge management. Grieve. You know, walk on grieve. You. Yeah. So if you start to step stand up for yourself, guess what? You made the first positive step in regards to what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to help you protect yourself from management. And it starts right in your office every day. I would say even if you're just doing more than acknowledging that the contract exists, the PO603 exists, that you're actually opening it up, looking through it, retaining that information, which is the rules that we that govern our job that is the handbook that is you know that is the rules and regulations we have to follow and that management should be following so you, you know what is expected of you and what manage how management should be following those rules so you can protect yourself on your own and if you have questions, you know, get with your local representation so they can assist you in better understanding what it says. You know, because there is a lot of, for lack of better terms, gray terminology. A lot of ambiguity. You know, that can be, yeah, they, you know, that's 
up to interpretation. Yeah, you I, don't have to be a local steward to get this information either. You don't have to be the district representative of the union to get this information. You can have this information as a rural carrier because your job depends on knowing this information, depends on you understanding this information. We're just trying to entice you to go investigate this information and understand this information on your own. P603 should be at every single case. Uh, if correct. it's not at your case, well, you better be letting management know because that's standard operation. Uh, rural contract is available on the NRLCA website. And even if you're not a member, there are other websites that can give you that information. Or you can ask your management for a copy of it. Management should have a copy of it, too. That's funny. <laughs> I said should. I did say should. But they do, have, they do have access to it. They do have access to it on blue. When uh, I had access to the computer as a facilitator, it was on blue. So they do have access to it. A lot of them will say, I don't have access to that. Yes, they do. Even if you aren't a full-fledged management member, you can access it on blue. Well, my supervisor is so stupid. When I asked for the radar report, she said she didn't live near the airport. I, I thought you would have said she doesn't know the weather. She didn't know whether she lived near the, the airport either. <laughs> oh god or, or she would have said I've never sped in my life I don't know what radar is you, you know what's nice about being on a cruise ship is that you, you, unless you sign up for a $30 a day Wi-Fi uh, option on there you don't, you don't get anything on your, your phone until you hit a port of call our first port of call was Orlando. My phone blew up. The yeah. next the next port of call was Nassau. My phone blew up. I'm sitting there going, what the hell is going on in my office? Yeah. Uh, so, any other things you guys want to found on about management with this, these updates they're giving us? other than carriers getting talked to about scans that they're now making that they weren't making before? Well, even some of them I've seen say that, you know, they've always been making these scans, but now because they're watching them more closely, let's say somebody with a large uh, CBUs, a large amount of CBUs, and it takes them three or four, five trips. Now they're getting flagged on that, even though it's something they've been inputting in from the beginning. Well, then they should uh, get a satchel. Because the credit for a satchel is a lot higher than multiple uh, authorized dismounts. Because yeah, then that's a time factor, too. Yeah, because number one, you get the, the you get the satchel credit for taking the satchel up at the office and loading it with your first CBU, 
And then they have to come out and time you for each reload for each consecutive CBU section that you have. Management's so you, also also claiming that uh, they'll eventually be able to change the rec scans and they'll have a program to do that. That's, I just heard that. I just heard that too the other day. I'm like, really? So not only are you changing our times on our time cards previously, now you're going to be able to change the scans that we input. So now I may input 15 uh, unscanned parcels in the day and you go, nope, that's wrong. I'm only giving you four. I don't think so. I'm sorry. If I input a scan, there's a reason I input that scan. And if you change it on me, that's a falsifying a government document. And any carrier that's getting that should be fighting for that. To change a scan is if you hit something in error scrolling through, like a start deviation, just something that's awkwardly hanging out there that shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Or an out to lunch without a return to lunch. Or a return to lunch without an out to lunch, or a double clock in, or something of that nature where you're scrolling through to hit return to unit and you hit something and you have no clue what you hit. You know, actually going, hey, I just hit something by accident. You know, can we take care of that? That I could see as being okay. The only thing I'd rather them, I'd rather the extra seconds. For the two-step to verify, you know, to put up the the verification message, did you want to start deviation, or did you want to um, clock stamps, in. sell stamps? Oh, yeah, why do don't you they clock in? like the city carriers? Why don't well, they black out I, the clock in once you clock in? Yeah, I was or I've heard they were you know, in talks about like the clock in. Once you do route, a clock in, it grades it out. Depart to route. Those ones that, that are single single time scans. Clock yeah, I, in, I, your depart I, I, to I route. That they were potentially talking about trying to get it so it would gray those out once you hit them the first time. Yeah, any any scan that does not have a second window to it should have a verification attached to it. And once it's been done once, if it's a single use only scan, it should be grayed out. And if you don't have this, if you don't have the clock in, clock out should be grayed out. Until after you, you know, get that clock in. Yeah, yeah you know, it, it should gray out the ones that you can't use until you've done the one before it so if if you haven't hit load start load vehicle end load vehicle should be grayed out technically clock out should be grayed out until you hit return to unit at at well that depends well because if you think about it your 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 postage dues and that type of stuff are down underneath so I mean, you could accidentally clock out when you go to hit a poster's due. If you, it, it should be, it should that. still be available in case you don't actually go out to the route. Because what if you have a weather emergency where you get brought into, you have to still be in the office because management won't call off. 
but they say you don't have to take the trucks out, but case everything up. So you should still be clocking in, but you should not load truck, depart the route, all that stuff. So you should be able to still clock out with the scanner. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if they do anything with those in general. Well, I was going to say, or if, let's say you get sick on the route or an incident occurs, you're not then coming back and going camp. to... Um, No, and, and these you scanners, know, you can adjust the sensitivity on them, but that doesn't always help. Because if you lay I it down... Say, there's only two options. There's the option of finger and stylus or glove and stylus. Glove and stylus is more sensitive. But, you know, when you get raindrops on them, they start to go off on their own. You know, with as dry or as it's been in my sunlight. area sunlight or as dry as it's been in my area due to the lack of rain that we just finally got a little bit of today and uh you know i have to wipe the dust off of those you know who knows you 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 bump it up against your water bottle on the on the tray or you set it upside down and it just starts going off on you You oh there's so many things My, my my scanner is so sensitive it cries yeah that too well, that's because it's your scanner, Bill. We know how you treat exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Kristen. Kristen, I got a question for you, Kristen. Okay. Is there somebody you know on this podcast that would love to get into the servers to find out whether or not they record the changes management does to the carrier's uh, entries? Do you know somebody? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Might. I just might. I just might. Yeah. Too. Yeah, I know you would. (laughs) (laughs) I actually want to see the entire program. I want to see all the all the coding that went into these scanners. I actually want to go line by line in the coding. Yeah, you you, you'd be sitting there like you're on Viagra for twenty four (laughs) hours. If you think four pages of questions is a lot for something. Just imagine the the document I'd write reading through that coding of the, the scanners that I'd have. <laughs> All right. Looks All right. Binary to me. No, but yeah. if if ma- if management is allowed to um edit scans, I 100% require Personally, and I think everybody would require this too, that it pops up an alert on the carrier scanner that they did it. The next day, when you log into that scanner and you sign in with your name and it was your edit, your edits that were changed, it should tell you that your your scans from the previous day were edited by management. Because you're going to have management members and i know of somebody who would that would go in and remove everybody's information we all know some manager that's going to do that and or tweak the numbers to an acceptable amount exactly like bill was saying you know oh there's an acceptable amount but this is way too high for that well guess what that's what they're going to be doing or like like i was just talking about with the eight weeks previously where 
carriers are getting talked to about that. Well, they'll edit those numbers down to where they're now in acceptable levels so they don't have to get a message from their district manager. We can't well, yeah, allow that, them to do that. That was my, that was my biggest concern with the uh, DPS errors during uh, the mini mail survey that management saying is unacceptable. On what baseline are they making that assumption because nobody counts them during the eight weeks, the, the year, or two years prior to the mini mail survey? So where's their baseline established? Or after, because because I'm a, let me tell you, yeah, my DPS hasn't been all that clean lately. No, I had more upside downs yeah. than regulars well, last last week. Yeah, this this past week I had in the same day, um, Spectrum, which is a cable company, and then the water company, both had a well. The Spectrum was night probably. 80 to 90 percent coverage the water company was 100 percent coverage were except for one handful's worth that the clerk put into the machine were all upside down a little ox route that usually only has a handful maybe two of dps a day 99 boxes yesterday for example I was going in and, and Friday, I was pulling stuff out for every other route in my office, plus a couple neighboring towns. And that is actually kind of rare for my, my DPS on, on my ox route. Usually it's really on point. Maybe once in a great while I'll get a miss scent or a miss sort, but I had quite a bit the last two days. Well, like I said, in that one day, you're talking... 1,200 plus pieces, in theory, were upside down. Well, it's ama what's amazing to me is that management seems to think that if they micromanage us worse than they do city carriers, I feel bad for our city carrier brethren listening to the, the uh, conference calls from the district managers. I do feel really bad for our city carrier brethren and sisters, but... They're trying to micromanage us like city carriers and go above and beyond than they do with city carriers and treating us like, like we're criminals doing these extra scans. And we aren't criminals. Most of us are doing it the right way. Most of us are doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing, and we're still being treated like criminals. Stealing money from the post office just because we're being actually factually accurate. Yeah, the and and the, key word there, the, the key word there is most, but you do have those few out there. They're trying to cheat the system, which triggers all these alerts. Which is what it's supposed to be for. But you've got right. carriers that are doing the right thing that are getting marked like me. I've been doing the proper scans over the last year. And I can say that because my management said I was doing them all for the last year and I'm still getting flagged for it. Why am I getting flagged when the eight weeks prior to the mini mail survey, I was doing the scans that I, above and beyond the six scans, but yet even I'm getting flagged. Everybody's getting flagged in one way or another, except the routes that have zeros. Nobody's paying attention to the routes that have zeros. Those are the ones that they should really be talking to. Oh, I agree. 
hundred percent. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if 96% of your office is, you know, making the entries and 4% isn't, there's something wrong with the 4% folks. So if you have access. Need, and that's where they need the upper management needs to get to their local management and be like, hey, oh, did you not train these people properly? But again, that's not going to happen because it works out in their favor and not the carriers. So if you get sat down to talk about why you're doing quote unquote excessive scans, ask them to see how the whole office is doing. And if you see carriers that have zeros, take the time and talk with your brothers and sisters and say, hey, look, I was just in talking about getting excessive scans, even though I'm doing them accurately. But they showed me the sheet and I'm show they were showing me that you guys weren't getting the same scans I was. Is there anything I can do to help you understand the scans a little better to help your route? Talk with your fellow carriers. Help them out. Yeah, but I think the biggest ones that are getting flagged were the ones that weren't trained on how to properly do the scans. And then once they became aware of how to do the scans, and now they're actually doing the scans, they're now getting flagged because they weren't doing them before. Yep. Which, you know, is just, again, it's it, it's not right. And of course, make sure you're talking with your designated union representative, especially if you keep getting asked why you're doing so many scans and stuff like that. Talk to your designated union rep. They should have proper guidance for you in your local area. You know, I, I feel like we're doing one of those uh, medicine commercials where they tell you how this helps you, but I have 14 warnings of what it can do to kill you. <laughs> talk, but but talk to your doctor and, and make sure it's the right choice for you. <laughs> and this well, bed that will help cure your anxiety will give you anxiety. Well, yeah. you got you got to remember, we're just regular rural carriers talking to rural carriers here. That's right. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody listening should remember that. Yes. So you have yes. to talk with your local designated union representative about any issues you are having in your office, because they're the ones that are going to be in there with you when you talk with management. They're the ones that are going to be in there fighting for you if management decides to turn around and use scanner data for discipline when they shouldn't be. They're the ones who are going to be the, the ammunition you need in the office against management. So you should be talking with your designated union rep. You should be friends with your designated union rep. Get to know your designated union rep and understand where they're coming from because they're going to be on your side. Whether they like you or not, they're going to be on your side. If you get an answer of, I don't know, on certain topics, it's probably because they don't know. But they there's... should go and find out. They, they, yes, they, they should go and see if there is something out there. However, there is a lot of information that they just may not know right now, unfortunately. But there are ways they can do to get that information. And they have the resources available to them to get that information if they wanted to. If that information is even available. You know, we sit here and oral diarrhea all our information out to you on this podcast. 
but at the end of the day, it's up to your designated union representative to guide you in the proper way of things. Yes, yes. we are not official advice by any means. We're, this we're is, just... This is entertainment purposes only. Well, this is like if we were sitting at the break room table or out on a smoke break at a conference, and we're all just shooting the shit together. This is well, all Bill that is. is. On a, Bill is on a smoke break right now. <laughs> or, or at the bar. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yes. Or out having dinner or, with your fellow uh, carriers. Or we're sitting sitting in the in the uh, conference room waiting for the local con- local uh, meeting to start. Or after that meeting. Yeah, it really doesn't help when Q&A doesn't match the 99-page guide, honestly. Yeah. That's, and it's starting to contradict itself, and unfortunately... Or yeah. the questions that or the questions that get asked at mid states don't correlate to the questions that people really have. Yeah. On that note, though, I think we're going to wind down for the night. And uh, no, we miss Mike tonight, but that's okay. Well, he'll be back when he can. I know he was kind of busy tonight, and we're happy to have Bill back. And hope you finish up your move and get things situated. So, Josh, any of your last commentary for this evening? I want to say just do what you know to be right. Don't try and fluff numbers because, as we can tell, you know, they're coming down on this right now. I'm happy this is going to be a short week. I have, if I can make it through till Wednesday, I am off until Tuesday the 27th because my state conventions, not this week coming up, but next weekend. Well, next week. Don't, you know, try not to get overwhelmed. If you do, take a step back, take a deep breath, step back in, and try and have a good week. James. You know, a lot of a lot of talk on this podcast is directed to help everybody in the rural craft. And we don't care if you're dues paying or non-dues paying. If you are out there on the streets delivering the mail day in, day out, working your butt off, trying to do all these rec scans and doing the job that you are being paid to do, we're here for you. We're here to help you. We're here to lead you in the direction you need to find the information that you need and direct you to your local designated union representative. We do this for our own entertainment. And the biggest takeaway you can have from this is I want to learn more. And everybody should approach every single day trying to learn something new. No matter what, how small or how big it is, try to learn something new. Because we grow as a union when everybody learns what they need to learn. Go out there, do your job, be safe, and go home to your family. Well, let me just uh, cap that off with, you know, the fact that we do this uh, for entertainment purposes only. But we're trying to, you know, to keep it light, keep it fun, but make it informative along the way. 
we invest our time freely, unpaid, to help our our fellow uh, fellow brother brethren and sisters. If we can take this time out and, and we we answer the emails and the questions on the chat and everything else, you can take five to ten minutes a day to invest in protecting your job, in protecting yourself for management and discipline, in protecting your paycheck. So if we're willing to put our asses out there to help you, take five to 10 minutes a day to help yourself. The more you know, the stronger you are. And the stronger you are, the stronger your office will be because you'll be able to step up and say, hey, that's not right. And then they can be you know, directed towards their local union representative in regards to you know, grieving it. Been away a week. On a cruise, too many people, glad to be in solitude, of more or less, with my wife. And uh, good to be back, uh, you know, on uh, solid ground. I don't mind ships, but uh, it's nice to have my own personal space back. And everybody go out, have a good week, be careful, do your job, do it correctly, do it to the best of your ability. And then get your ass home to your, the ones that love you because you're the most important delivery at the end of the day. Make sure you get home to your family. God bless you all. Yep, and I'm just going to agree with what everybody else has said. You know, it's the start of a new week. Let's uh, let's be safe. Let's do our jobs properly and efficiently. And on that note, we'll be back next week. Have a good one, everyone.